It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome into the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Carding Accounts Bluffs, online at joescarding.com, fast-paced, white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today, do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And joining us on the show now for a, another Tailored Computers and Repair interview, Superman Stu Snyder, and this guy is having uh, what I believe he told me was his best career year Picked up win number 10 Saturday night at Eagle Raceway. Stu, how you doing, bud? I'm doing good. How about you guys? We are definitely enjoying the day. Uh, it's about not ready. raining. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm about ready to start enjoying it a little bit more. I'm catching up. Yeah, same here. <laughs> win number 10 on the year uh, in the 305. Man, you're having a – I thought last year was a good year for you. You've already passed last year's wins. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like I told you the other night, I don't know – what we got going but uh it's clicking i mean and it's only i guess you know first first day i guess of july is coming up here and and, uh, we've already got 10 wins so hopefully hopefully we can just keep it going and keep rolling the thing in the trailer and keep having fun and you know just kind of running an outlaw style schedule and i wish we would be able to mix up some more 360 stuff like we were doing earlier this year but uh kind of hurt that thing and and actually uh sending it back to sunday it's going back to craig and the guys at myers to see how long it'll be out or uh how bad it is i guess but uh yeah 305 deals it's really been a good a good start to to our 2021 and i'm I'm not sure uh i'm not sure how to how to say it i mean it just it's kind of mind-blowing really we're just every time we unload this thing it seems like it's fast and we don't really have to do a whole lot to it. You better make ten wins. How many different tracks are those ten wins at? Uh, one, two, I think four, four total. We, and there's a couple in there that we probably could have could have won had we had I just you know drew a little better. Like you know, Houston was one of those places we probably should have won at. Um, Cameron was another place we probably should have won at. We ended up picking the win up the next night down the road at Bethany, but you know, so a few of those shows. I, I could have done a little bit better job in the seat, maybe drew a little better in the heat race, and uh, we'd have been able to to get up there and get those wins too. But no, it's it's just it's going really really well. Complacency is an easy thing when you're in the middle of the season and you guys are winning like you are. Have you and your crew had conversations about making sure you guys don't fall down on the game and get a little bit too relaxed? We literally did that Friday night and we yelled at each other on the way home. <laughs> no, not, not really yelled, but, but we got up uh, Saturday morning and the guys come back over and, and uh, just talked it over and said, Hey, you know, we're not, we're not doing that again. You know, we, we were going, I think it was going to be seven in a row at Denison. And, and I don't know if we would have won, we would have, we would have been faster than what we were, but we decided not to put new tires on for the feature. We put a kind of kept it the same from the heat race, didn't add new rubber to it, and it just really couldn't get off the corner as good as what we normally do over there. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, we're we're on that on that kick right now to where it it don't matter how many wins we got, every night's a new night, and uh, just keep digging and and do do what you feel you have to do. Don't just kind of sit back and, and take it easy, I guess. And, and, you know, that's kind of probably what we did Friday night. It ended up costing us a, 
another weekend with with two wins instead you know we only had one which is still nothing to to really you know hang your head about i mean mm-hmm. most guys most guys around here you know some guys haven't even won in a few years so there's nothing really to hang our heads about we just kind of said hey we ain't doing that again yeah your your winning kind of really started i i think uh, shortly after you decided to not return to eagle for weekly racing Dirk and I have talked about it on the show. When you go and tour around and try different tracks, yeah, it, it hurts that weekly track that you were supporting every single week for, you know, 20 weeks out of the year. But it helps your operation so much because you learn little things at other tracks that you can apply to the tracks you usually go to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's always helped me, I guess. You know, when I was younger, we raced at Eagle every week, and I struggled, and I wasn't getting any better, and I was racing against 45 of 60 drivers in the Midwest and I was getting my teeth kicked in and, and my dad said you know what this ain't much fun let's go let's go out on the road so we went out on the NCRA tour and we ran a bunch of different racetracks and a bunch of different races I think I think that year we ran like 65 or 68 shows in one season and probably only a handful of those places we went were you know places that we went back to multiple times that year and it just, it, it makes you better. It really does. You know, you get to see and try different things and you're racing on different types of tracks, different, you know, sizes, um, being able to really read the racetrack on what it's going to do throughout the night. It also, you know, that's a huge help being able to see what other racetracks, you know, kind of do throughout the night when, when it's humid or, or, you know, when it's sunny, windy, cloudy, it, it just, it just all around makes you a better driver. And I think it it uh, it helps the crew become better too with you because they're able to kind of see the same thing and well then and they remind me because normally I'll forget you know what we've done here hey we did this the other night the track was like this let's let's try it again and and really the only thing we changed from from what we normally had been doing was a, a couple of torsion bars and some ride heights for eagle mm-hmm. and we really just kind of opened up the notebook from what we had done last year at nationals and it's actually you know some of the same stuff we ran up at Houston's earlier this season when we were able to come from god i think we started like fifth or something in the b and won that and we started 17th and ran up to third or fourth it's kind of right along the same the same line as what we were doing there and we just you know like you said it helps you know we we looked at the banking that Houston's had and the banking that eagle had to comparable to what we had been running you know, with a little bit softer and it just, it just wasn't working. You know, we still had speed, but we weren't, we weren't on top of, of the speed chart, you know, halfway through the night, like we have been the last couple of weeks. And it's just a huge help. And it, it really, really helps a guy out in the seat. It really does. Let's well, you mentioned that word nationals that's coming up in September. And it's kind of something that a lot of the uh, sprint car guys around this area, especially the weekly guys at Eagle have circled. Um, it's been a little while since a Nebraska guy has put on a really good show there. I guess Jason Martin did a couple of years back. Yeah, J Mart's doing it. He's always really solid there. It, it kind of doesn't matter what he's in car-wise, whether he's in his own or in the 1B like he was last year. It's, yeah, you know, he, he's always fast. It, it's The Nationals for you has been a, a, a fickle pickle. You've been fast, but unfortunately, bad luck has, has slowed you down a lot. Yeah, we, we've always been really good, but we've always had to seem to do it all the hard way, you know, to where we've had to race our butts off to get up through there on a Saturday night when we should have already been locked in or 
or, uh, you know, knock on wood, we've never tore anything up. It's just been just dumb, dumb stuff that we've had to deal with and had to overcome. And then, you know, we, we've, uh, we haven't missed one, but we're always starting. I think the best I've ever started at that deal was like 18th and we've, you know, we've got two or three top five finishes and I think a, a tenth one year when the right rear decided to go flat halfway through the feature. I really would like to roll in there, lock in on Friday and then see what we can do on Sunday. Okay. So what yeah, do you but, do when that doesn't happen? <laughs> well, we're just going to have to dig again. Like we've done, you know, I guess I'll, if it doesn't happen, I'll be used to digging. Like we've been happy yeah. to dig the last five times we've done it or six times. I don't know how many times we've done it, but you know, then I, well, then we'll just, well, I guess it'll be old hat. Here we go again. Mm-hmm. Just dig ourselves out of the hole. We put my, you know, I put myself in and, and uh, you know, one year it's like water in the fuel and I can't remember what happened the next year, but we, we stopped buying fuel that was, that was kept in containers. And yeah, it's just nationals has been good, but I really want to be able to have a legitimate shot come Sunday and start, yeah. start somewhere in the top nine instead of somewhere in the top 18. Do you think well, that three wide start that there's somewhere that's a prime starting position? Is it front row? Is it second row inside, outside, middle? What? You know, if I had to pick my spot, I would prefer to start in the second row, hmm. either, you know, either on the inside or on the outside. You don't want to start in the middle. I don't think you want to start in the middle of that thing at all. Yeah. Any, any row. Cause you, there's no exit strategy there. You don't have an exit. If somebody messes up beside you or above you or, or even in front of you, you know, whatever, you, there is no exit plan. You don't have a, uh, a cushion you can go above to get away from them or an, or an exit off the track or the infield to go through. So, you know, I, I think a, a good starting spot would be second row inside or second row outside where you can, you know, kind of hope that the, that the top three go into one and try sliding each other for the lead right away and they leave the lane open on the bottom or, or they all go to the bottom to protect and you've got a lane around the top, but mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's going to be quite a few of those, you know, a couple of those Eagle regulars that are going to be really tough. And, and uh, you know, that shows throughout the week, you know, you look at Joey Danley and Trevor Grossenbacher, Tyler Drukey, they're fast. Uh, they're fast every week, you know, and those guys are going to be, are going to be tough. They always are when it comes time for nationals, you know, and everybody steps up their game, you know, we've, we've all kind of, I look at it as, you know, we've all went to Knoxville and watched the nationals over there. And we all kind of seen what those teams do as far as equipment, you know, wise and tire wise and everybody around here kind of emulates that and steps it up and buys rubber and goes back completely through the car and rebuilds everything. So, so everybody's kind of on the same page, everything's fresh, ready to go. We're all trying to have fresh motors in our cars and, and then it's just, you know, bolt us in and see what happens. Right. Dirk, you were going to ask, ask something. Yeah, he kind of went through what I was going to ask. So. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm asking a lot of questions and not letting you jump in there. <laughs> it's another well, you show, see huh? race every week. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, whenever I see him race, I get to talk to him down on the front stretch. It's uh, It's been kind of, you know, like you said, you're, you're touring around going and hitting other racetracks. And uh, when you've been to Eagle, you've had some pretty good success there. Won two weeks in a row. Uh, are you looking to make it three weeks in a row or are you going somewhere south this weekend? Uh, we're going south. We're actually the... We're going to load up tonight because we're going to go run Columbus tomorrow and then uh, over to Denison on Friday. And then Saturday was kind of open there for a while on what we were going to do. And then uh, Ryan Order out of Colorado called me, wants me to drive his midget down at Belleville. So we're going to go run the midget on Saturday night down there in Belleville, Kansas. 
Um, and then on Sunday, we're going to run the midget and the 305 sprint car there at Belleville for the URSS, uh, RMMRA, um, 4th of July, you know, shindig showdown thing, whatever you want to call it. So we'll be a little busy this week, but, uh, it, it'd be okay to try and go for three in a row, but, uh, you know, I've, I've always, I've always said, I've, I've only missed one race at Belleville and that was cause I was running for points at Eagle and I wasn't ever going to miss another show at Belleville. So now we got two of them lined up in one weekend. <laughs> yeah. The tire bill is a lot better for you when you're on the midget too, isn't it? Yeah. A little bit, a little bit, <laughs> especially, especially after last year, when we had all that rain and we ended up having to run a day show and, and uh, you know, another race that, that still haunts me. Yeah. I had that thing won and I kind of gave it away by not getting off the top and going to the rubber and, yeah, but you could have very easily given it away by getting off the top and going to the rubber. Yeah, no. that's yeah, and that, I keep trying to tell myself that you know, you, I didn't see him, I didn't hear him, and then all of a sudden, boom, there he was, and it was too late. And then it was that's that's really why I ended up getting this midget deal. Um, he owned that car that that uh, Adam Trimble was driving, and he called me up and he says, "Hey, you know, I I kind of feel like I owe you one. You could have dumped us probably six or seven times in the last 10, 15 laps of that A main at Belleville." You, you were obviously the faster car, but you, you know, you had enough respect for the guys and ours equipment that you didn't dump him out of the way or do anything crazy. And he goes, you want to drop my midget? I said, well, sure, let's do it. <laughs> so we'll go down there and try and maybe it'd be cool to win too, but I really, really want to win there on the big track in the sprint car for sure. That'd be a big one to mark, check off your schedule. Uh, what else you got? What are the big races you got scheduled for this year? Uh, you know, of course we got the Belleville nationals. Um, then we got the, 305 nationals there at eagle um we're kind of looking at the i-70 um national deal kind of looking into that that was a three-day deal at the end of september i think maybe the week or two after eagles nationals um and then of course you know we always go down to to uh cameron and run their two or three day deal down there in october you know that that might change we get a 360 back under the hood of that of my car and we might go try and hit some bigger shows with that. We had the Hawkett on the list this year. And I don't know, you know, I, she, the wife keeps me in line on all that and what we're doing and where we were going. She had the Hawkett on there and a bunch of other stuff. And we had like almost 70 races this summer on our schedule. And, and uh, the 360 kind of hurting itself, kind of put a dampener on that. But we're, uh, we're picking up more 305 stuff, you know, and, and it's, it, it's going well, you know, it's fun. It's fun traveling around kind of like an outlaw trying to trying to run different tracks and like like we already talked you know you just you learn more as a driver doing stuff like that than staying at the same place and getting in a rut mm -hmm. yeah, i can I tell you it wouldn't be quite as much fun if you weren't finishing up front <laughs> no yeah exactly it, it probably wouldn't be and, and the diesel the diesel right now would probably be eating us alive if we weren't running up front and and trying to cover some of that cost and cover some of the tire bill costs and everything else with the way that we've been running it's it hasn't been too bad yet on the pocketbook um there's a few nights that we kind of want to want to give to the hoosier guy more than we want to give to a, the, you know, the stickers on our tail tank but you know i guess you know it is what it is it's it's almost the middle of summer it's hot out and we're not getting a bunch of rain and you're just you're gonna have tracks to take rubber you're gonna have to get up on the wheel the first five get into position and and hope you can either, you know, hang on or if you're not leading, hopefully they, they uh, get too tight. You can get underneath them, take the lead and go on and win. Talking with Stu Snyder, driver of the 5S, race saver 305 throughout the area and the 23S. Hold on, I said that wrong. 
driver <laughs> damn it. man there is no way i can get all those numbers right when i'm talking doing an interview with you well it even it makes it worse too if we go to nationals we might be 5l or, oh, or 5s shit. or 5 superman or come on you know yeah i think this year though <laughs> i think i looked at the pre-registration list and we are five only no letter oh. this year wow yeah so so ali will think thank us because she doesn't have to sit in the trailer on friday morning and try and cut an s out of some old decal we had laying in the trailer <laughs> she had fun with that last year i bet <laughs> so once again Stu snyder driver of the number five race saver 305 in the 23s sprint car 360 you got any 410 aspirations i you know we're well, trying you've, you've got them but are you gonna, are they gonna yeah, come to reality we're trying you know with that uh there, there might be something in the works. I might have something here to where we might be able to go up and play with them on a Sunday night at Houston's cool. or maybe hit, uh, hit a few shows. I got a phone call today. So maybe, uh, maybe that'll amount to something. I'm not mm-hmm. real sure yet. Um, I know I got an empty car right now that they could, they could use a bullet, a real bullet between the frame rails and I'd be really excited to do it. So I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see if it, if it comes through and it shows up, we'll for sure going to do some 410 stuff. All right, man. For, for anybody with money out there, that meant if you got a motor for Stu, he'll gladly run it. Yeah, that and, and we'll take care of it just like it was our own. And and hell, we even we even split some winnings with him if we get to do some more 410 stuff. That uh I miss those days. Those were fun. Yeah. Don't get to do a lot of those anymore. No, no. And and we unfortunately hurt hurt the 410 that we had years ago, and it was gonna cost too much to fix it. So we went back 360 racing and, and then we hopped kind of into this 305 deal. You know, so far the 305 stuff's been going really well. All right. Give them all the particulars. How can they follow you on social media? What's the website? And uh, make sure to hit some of those great sponsors that your wife takes such great care of. Yeah, she does it all right there. <laughs> um, yeah, no, you, um, we've also got apparel up now, too. I think she added that to the website. Uh, that's StuartSnyder.net. Um, follow us on the Facebook Twitter, I think that's all Stu Snyder Motorsports. Um, and then, of course, you know, all them great sponsors that all, you know, partners is what I like to call them. Because without them, we'd, we'd be uh, hanging out at the lake or something, doing something boring on a weekend. Uh, Myers Racing Engines, JR1 Chassis, Momentum Racing Suspensions, Kaiser Blasting and Coatings, Hosby Power, Mr. Yards and more. He always, he mows my lawn. So he's always, he's a great one to have because I don't have a whole lot of time to mow. <laughs> KD Trucking um chad wiseman with uh unlimited home like renovations and stuff is what he does kp designs laid left designs simpson racing products um harris decals on the five car action signs on the 360 car they keep them both looking really good i know i might be missing somebody lutton law or lutton law she does all of our taxes for us so i don't have to worry about any of that uh smith repair sg racing I might, you know, like I said, I might forget a couple of them, but uh, he kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he was right. Stu- StuartSnyder.net is the website, yep. and I was just checking out some of the cool keychains and decals you guys have up for sale. Yeah, we got keychains and, and stuff like that, some decals that Harris has printed off for us. And then uh, Love It Signs and Graphics actually just got our T-shirt order in uh last thursday and they, they've been flying out of the trailer so hop online or, or stop down to the trailer we've got hoodies we've got gray shirts we've got black shirts uh just black hoodies but uh you know they'll be nice come come time for nationals 
Yeah. You know, you don't want to cover that Stu Snyder t-shirt up with, with some other type of hoodie. You might as well cover it up with a Stuart Snyder hoodie too. So <laughs> the wife and, and, and Allie can for sure get everybody hooked up yeah. with whatever they need on apparel wise. And we're still looking into hats. We might do some hats or some stocking caps too. The stocking cap thing's tough with, with it being July. Nobody's going to want right. to wear one. Yeah, you but know, you they're know always the, a hot item at the, the thing beginning I, and the end. The thing I've learned with stocking caps is is start talking about them in July because then you'll get them ordered in maybe August, and yeah. then they'll be here in September, and then before you know it, they'll be a hot they're item. They're gone. Yeah, then they'll be a hot item. And, and whatever you didn't sell, you can roll over the next year because yeah. it seems like here in Nebraska, if it's – you know, April or, or March, we start and it's, it's still cold by May. So you yep. could for sure, for sure, still sell some of them uh, warmer, warmer apparel. It's uh, just, you can never have enough stocking caps. No, my wife says the same thing about my hat collection. I got quite a few hats. Yeah, you I know, can so never. I'm pretty sure I could wear a different hat every yep. day for a month and not have to wear the same hat twice. Oh, I think I only a month. I could probably go a year, maybe two. <laughs> That's I think quite I, a few. I, don't, I don't really know where I'd put them all. I've got I, I've got at least three or four boxes in my basement of old old hats, just band hats, race hats, uh, corn hats, corn uh, sea brand <laughs> hats, everything. I mean, I've yeah, that's crazy. I don't think I've got a farmer hat in my group. I'll hook you I up. got one of them. I got me one of them farmer trucker hats. Which would you get a decal? No, it says something about farting in Texas or something. <laughs> And they, they made me wear it when I drive the truck and trailer and I, it's still in there somewhere. It actually got moved from the truck over to the toter. <laughs> I haven't worn it yet this year though. I'm kind of, you know, like you said, we've been doing as good as we've been doing. I'm trying to keep in the same rhythm and not change anything up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't well, need any of that bad luck to come my way. At least you're not superstitious. Yeah. I try not to be, <laughs> I, I, I try not to be. It'll creep into your head though. Pretty quickly. Won't it? Well, we don't eat chicken. Mm-hmm. We don't, I'm not a fan of peanuts on race day. No chicken. Cause every time we've done that, something bad's happened. We don't put cameras on the car anymore. No GoPros. Yeah, we, no GoPros. Every time we did that, we either sucked or it ended up on the tow truck. So <laughs> I, we don't do that anymore. We got a bunch of cameras. If anybody wants to buy them. <laughs> I might be The only up. thing I'm mounting it on is, is Mr. Yards or more, you know, Dennis Stevens's lawnmower. I ain't putting it on the race car. <laughs> I might be interested in those. I, I'm getting pretty good use <laughs> out of that GoPro I bought from Hunter Weber, so I might need to add to it. Yeah, so and, I, and I know a guy that built some awesome mounts, too. Uh, Brandon Schmetter with Bully Brand, he built yeah. some amazing mounts. And mm-hmm. I always, you know, I'd always try and sell them for him and talk him up, talk him up. And then we just, we didn't do very well when we put them on the, went on the race cars. So then yeah. I was like, well, can you make me a four-wheeler mount? Because... That's about all the time it's going to get used. <laughs> Slightly used cameras only rolled once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, it just wasn't a good deal. <laughs> Stu Snyder, driver of the five Race Saver 305 and the 30, the 23S 360 sprint car. Man, appreciate your time. Uh, have a yeah, good night. Make sure to, uh, to give a kiss to that cute son of yours. Oh, yeah. He's he's either upstairs or he's probably standing on top of his little roadster pedal car in the driveway doing a wing dance. Do you see any way that he is not a sprint car driver? No way. In eight years. No way. And it doesn't matter if the cars are in the trailer, the cars are in the driveway, cars are in the shop. It doesn't matter. He's in the seat and he's trying to do a wing dance on anything. (laughs) He like we actually we pulled all the wings out of the trailer and wash everything up. 
clean the inside of the trailer out because everything was real dirty. And I literally just today walked out there to open the door to load some new rubber in. And you know, I've got footprints on the top wing that we hung in the trailer because <laughs> he was standing in the middle of it in the yard doing a wing dance. Yeah, he's we're screwed. He's going to be, I give it probably two, three years. I'm going to have to retire and, and he's going to be in cage carts. And mm-hmm. and then it's just going to go on and on from there. And, and we'll, I don't know if that's what he wants to do. That's what we'll do. If he wants to do anything else, you know, whatever he wants to, wants to be successful at, that's what we'll chase. But right now, Man, I, I think we're screwed. I think he's going to be in a race car for the rest of his days. And I think uh, hopefully we can get him to where he's he's successful and having fun. Maybe we can get him on a on an outlaw tour to where mom and dad's pocketbook doesn't have to fund most of it. And he can go <laughs> set the world on fire and do what do what I didn't get to do in my career. Maybe you'll get lucky and he'll be like Mark Martin's kid and only want to race till he's like into high school and then quit. <laughs> i wondered whatever happened to that kid oh he was a, i mean he was the next thing you know when he got to be about 16 and he was burned out so right he was now. done yeah yeah at this at this stage i don't think cruz will ever say that he's he gets so excited like when i you know when i seen you saturday and you were you know like is he gonna get out of the car is he gonna get out of the car yep. i'm like I, I was sitting there like you know where's cruz and i, yep. I hollered at bots and kindle i said go get cruz because she was with my mom and all the ladies up in the stands, I said, go get him and bring him down here. And I knew, and then I looked at him when he got to me, I said, you want to go up top? And he says, yep. I said, all right, let's go. <laughs> so, you know, he, he loves doing that stuff. And yeah, I thought that it's, was it's really pretty cool. damn cool. I thought that was really cool that, uh, when I got down to the front stretch, you, you, you just hit the brakes and stopped in the uh, podium position to be able to do your, you know, to be right there on the front stretch, your crew member was right there screaming, you know, Fuck yeah, hell yeah, great, you know, yeah, and he goes, and first thing out of your mouth, get Cruz, get Cruz, yep, where's yep. Cruz? Yeah, because the <laughs> week before, uh, when we did both nights, uh, Father's Day weekend, you know, your your dad, your dad bad, or bad dad joke thing, um, we swept <laughs> the weekend, those. and we didn't take him with, because it was going to be so hot, so he got to miss out on, on the Denison wing dance and the Eagle wing dance, so I wanted to make sure that before I got out of the car, I knew he was coming down in somebody's arms to the front stretch so we could do it and do it mm-hmm. right and, and get the timing right, you know, because you got to get that picture. And Joe yeah. is always really good about getting the photos. So, yeah, he's already he's already got into my pocketbook for a couple of them. He sent me on Monday morning. So <laughs> <laughs> Cruz will have one to hang on his wall for sure. Well, that'll be cool pictures. And, and you know, it's going to be awesome. Maybe in 20 years. Cruz will be on the show talking about that and, and we'll be able to remind him of the stories of back when his dad was somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Back when I was just a little, a little <laughs> somebody in the sprint car world, but now nah, we're, we're having a lot of fun and we're doing well. Hopefully we can keep it going. Hopefully, you know, nothing, nothing bad happens. And, and me and Cruzy can keep going up top and dancing on the wing. Cause I know with those bigger shows coming, I'd love nothing more than to do it then. God, I can't, I, it would be really neat to see you to, to do the wing dance at the nationals. For sure. For sure. I think it would take a lot to get me off the wing. <laughs> You'll just do the interview <laughs> up there. Yeah. Yeah. We want to do the interview up there and then Roger might have to get another top wing. Cause I might, might may have been it a little bit. I don't, I don't know. I, it, uh, that would definitely be sweet. Stu Snyder. Once again, joining us on the show. Always a pleasure, man. You have a great night. Thanks. You too. Thanks. All right, so just hit end meeting. Okay. And, uh, and it will kick you out. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Have a good night. See you later. Big thanks to Stu Snyder for joining us on the front stretch. Once again, that interview brought to you by Tailored Computers and Repair. 
Uh, Dirk, I almost became a victim myself of online fraud. Uh, yeah, if, I, I don't want to go through the whole thing because it takes like 10 minutes, but my because it these the new tactics for these scammers, they, they get pretty good. So the best thing I can tell you is after I narrowly averted getting scammed is if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Uh, oh, I, no, know. I, I did I was... not take up Miss Kimberly's offer. <laughs> I saw that on Facebook. I actually had uh, something show up on my credit card today and I didn't recognize it. And they said, well, it's an online deal. And it just had some letters and stuff. And there were two charges, one for two bucks and one for 1995. And, you know, they, uh, you know, the guy says, well, the one's just today. And I said, well, if I would have bought something today, I'd sure as hell know what the hell it was. Yeah. You know, I don't recognize this. Right. And, you know, they said, well, you know, we'll go ahead and put the money back on your card and we'll send you out the paperwork to get the everything started, you know. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's important getting... to keep an eye on your your transaction history on your credit cards and your debit cards and <clears throat> anything. Because oh, yeah. the common thing is they'll get it. They don't you don't know where they get it. If they get it from a gas station, from like one of those uh, card reader scammers off of the gas pump, they'll sit on these cards for a month or two. And then once they get a hold of the numbers, then they'll start testing your account to see if it's an active account. They'll take out a dollar. They'll take out $3. And then they'll start taking out a little bit more and a little bit more. And if you don't pay attention to your transactions and keep an eye on those, before you know it, you're going to get hit with a big $300 transaction from some online website. And nine times out of 10, your your financial institution, whether it be a credit card company or, or a bank, is going to catch it. And they're going to say something. They're going to notify you and let you know. And, and then you're going to be able to get your money back pretty easily. But yeah. There's those times that it that all of a sudden you're like, man, it feels like I should have more money than this. And you go back and look, and three, four months ago, there was a couple of charges taken out, and it's outside of the window. The company won't, the your financial institution won't do anything at that point. Yeah. Well, like I said, I used to work for Bank of America Merchant Services. So mm -hmm. I'd seen accounts, you know, people call up and go, yo, I had a bunch of activity on my account over the weekend. There'd be like two thousand one or two dollar <laughs> charges. And a Jesus. lot of that, these scammers just run bots. And they're yeah. just throwing random 16 digit numbers out there. Yeah. And, you know, that might be what happened in my case. I don't know. But like, you know, I was talking to the guy today and I said, well, they ran the $2 on Sunday and found that the account was good. And that's when they turn around and he said, yeah, I'm only running 20 bucks on there. He goes, that's kind of weird. But he goes, it says right on, on here, I can tell that the card wasn't present. So yeah. he goes, that definitely makes it an online transaction. And I said, yeah, I said, I don't buy much online. And he goes, well, there was a big charge last month for $600 and from a computer company. I said, yeah, I bought a used laptop and I paid that one off already. He goes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I said, all right, no, I didn't complain about that. That was mm -hmm. supposed to be there. So, so be careful about that stuff. I learned my lesson again this week, uh, weekend, uh, dealing with a guy in Indiana that wanted to buy a laptop from me. And yeah, I've learned my lesson. I'm sticking with people I know, or at least people that can vouch for other people. But Anyways, uh, computer repairs, upgrades, whatever you need, give me a call, 402-659-5641. Big thanks to Stu Snyder for joining us on the show. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk NASCAR. Boy, there's a lot to talk about NASCAR this week. We could almost save it for another show next week, but we'll get it all done this week. Hang tight. We'll be right back on the front stretch. If you love wings, if you love rings, and all kinds of other tempting things, Quaker Steak and Lube is the official watering hole of the front stretch and the home of MAV-TV featuring action from the Lucas Oil Late Model Series. Great times, great food, get 
quick to stick and lose. Located on Mid-America Drive in Council Bluffs. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. And welcome back into the front stretch. Once again, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs online at joestarding.com. Dirk, I mentioned it in the last turn that there was a lot that has happened in the NASCAR world. Should we recap Pocono first or talk silly season news? Yeah, let's get Pocono out of the way. Okay, let's talk results from Pocono Kyle Larson, I heard a rumor they were going to start him two laps down, toting, toting, pulling a motor home in order to slow him down. They didn't, thankfully. That, that might have caused a little bit of controversy, but a uh, good race still nonetheless on Saturday. Well, as Saturday happens to go, I uh, had some stuff going on, so I just saw a couple laps, unfortunately, when uh, I'd looked and, and saw that it was a 3 o'clock start, but I didn't pay attention to that being the Eastern time, so when mm. I jumped on to make my pick they were on lap 23 mm. so i had no pick on saturday's race and still stayed in the top 16 Jeez. <laughs> i uh yeah i missed my pick on saturday also i completely forgot i got stuck in my head um doing the uh, eagle stuff and uh yeah i missed my pick on saturday also so well, yeah, I, didn't I, made gain my, on you. I made my sunday pick at about six o'clock saturday night i wasn't gonna fool around but uh uh yeah, I mean, I uh, uh, I was at a wedding and had a reception stuff to go to. So I was checking my phone every now and then, and it just looked like the Kyle Larson show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't find out until the, the next day on Sunday, getting watched, getting ready to watch the race, that he crashed there on the white flag and that Alex Bowman had actually won the race. But it was another Hendrick car, so what's the difference? Right. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, great run for Bowman. Uh, finished outside the top 10 in stage one, eighth in stage two, picked up the win led two different times for a total of 16 laps. Your big lap leader was Kyle Bush. Am I looking at the right one? Is this Sunday's? No, this is not Sunday's results because Kyle Bush won on Sunday. Kyle Larson only led 15 laps. Kyle Bush led the most, winning stage one, ninth in stage two, and coming home second on the day. Once again, three times he led for 30 total laps. Probably about the same as what, well, no, Sunday, he didn't lead until close to the end. He had the transmission problem on Sunday, so yeah, couldn't keep it in gear. But, uh, uh, as a result of Saturday's race, there was several cars that went to the rear. Uh, Larson, Pierce, Alfredo, Chastain, LaJoy, Newman, and Custer all went to the rear uh, because of uh, various things. Uh, I, I guess all those cars went to uh, the rear for backup or for backup cars. Correct. So, uh, Larson still, uh, had a good day on Sunday, trying to pull up that result. Also, uh, Kyle finished second after finishing eighth in stage two, didn't lead any laps, but second place finish still a good day for that kid, uh, especially coming from all the way from the back. So going back to Saturday's finish, Alex Bowman, Kyle Bush, William Byron, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney. That's your top five, Kurt Busch, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Larson, and Brad Keselowski, your top 10. Uh, bad days, Cole Custer, Ryan Newman, 38th, 37th, respectively, Ross Chastain, 33rd, 
Mm, that's about that. Uh, on Sunday, the results went. Kyle Busch got the win. Kyle Larson came home second. Brad Kozlowski third. Kevin Harvick fourth. Bubba Wallace fifth. Ryan Blaney sixth. Alex Bowman seventh. Ryan Priest eighth. Uh, Tyler Reddick ninth. And Joe Logano top ten. Uh, bad day for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Finished tail end. Charty looks like he lost an engine on lap 111. Christopher Bell, 32nd. Chase Elliott, 27th. Uh, after finishing fifth in stage two, uh, finished a lap down, looks like, for Elliott. Chastain, again, rough day for him, 26th. Cole Custer rebounded a little bit better on day two, finished 24th. Newman, 22nd. So that's that was Pocono. Did you get to watch Sunday at all? Yeah, I watched most of Sunday. I caught almost all of it. I missed a few laps in the middle, but uh, I picked Harvick for Sunday. And uh, got no stage points, but, uh, you know, come home with a fourth place finish. So and uh, everything on Sunday was was fuel mileage stuff. Everything. Yeah. And even Kyle Busch had his transmission was stuck. It uh, at first it wouldn't stay in fourth gear. And then he was, you know, he said he was just trying to hold it in gear the whole lap around there. And then it got to where it was stuck in fourth gear and he couldn't do anything else with it. <laughs> so he was having a heck of a time on pit stops and restarts and everything else. Yeah, but, uh, you know, he brought it home in first place, nursed it, you know, didn't blow up anything. So heck of a win there. Heck of a win. All right. Uh, that's it for the finishing positions uh, for Pocono. Let's let's jump into the news of the day. This was released on Wednesday. It was announced that Trackhouse Motorsports had purchased Chip Ganassi Racing, purchased their entire operation. So Chip Ganassi Racing is going to be no more after the Phoenix Championship race on November 7th. All of their assets, all of their operation will move over to Trackhouse Motorsports. That's just the NASCAR division. He's still got his IndyCar stuff. Still good there. Uh, Well, when you you say Chip Ganassi Racing, you've got to separate it. You're right. You're right. Uh, Because it'd be like if I was to say Team Penske sold. Well, Team Penske spans multiple race operations. Uh, What They've got IndyCar, F1, and NASCAR. Yeah, I didn't know they had F1. I know. Oh, I don't know if they do or not. I don't know if they do or not. I'll, I'll default that to you. I assumed they had an F1 operation. Yeah, I I don't know if they do. Um, Stuart Haas now has F1, and yeah. uh, 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 Rick Ware Racing is uh, oh, really? running Indy cars now. So mm-hmm. a lot of people getting branched out. Uh, Trackhouse Motorsports founder Justin Marks announced on Wednesday that his Nashville-based Trackhouse Entertainment Group has purchased Chip Ganassi Racing's operation. The transfer of all CGR NASCAR assets to Trackhouse Racing will be completed immediately following the final NASCAR Cup Series race at Phoenix International Raceway on November 7th. Trackhouse Racing will field two full-time NASCAR Cup Series entries in 2022. Daniel Suarez, who is their current driver in the number 99 Chevrolet Camaro, will continue with the organization. The second driver will be named at a later date. Uh, And Trackhouse is the one that, that, um, what, Pitbull's a part of, right? Isn't there one more celebrity that's in on that? I don't think there's another celebrity. I'm trying to remember who the other, who Justin Mark's main main partner is. Um, I'll pull it up on... Yeah, pull it up. I can't remember who it is, but yeah, I think that's the team Pitbull, you know, has a small stake in. Justin Marks and Pitbull are the two primary owners. Oh, okay. So it was Pitbull that was the second primary. Mm -hmm. I was thinking he had another partner that was more of a race guy than. I was thinking so too, but it's just Justin Marks and Armando Cristian 
or otherwise known as Pitbull. I said that wrong. Armando Christian Perez, also known as Pitbull. That guy's like 60 years old or something like that. Yeah. Okay, he's 40, but still. Yeah, he says party real funny, and everybody liked that. Way older than I expected him ever to be. So good news there. Uh, silly season, like we talked about. We're Two of the big stories with silly season, Brad Kieslowski Racing. There's more stories we'll talk about in a little bit. More things have kind of popped up that it's a done deal with him and Roush Fenway Racing to become a part owner and driver for the team. And now Chip Ganassi Racing has sold out and, and closed their operation. Had a couple of people post. Maybe they can make that organization relevant again. Uh, that would be the hope because Chip Ganassi Racing has definitely got to be looking at their situation and saying, this kid went over to, to Hendrick Motorsports and is one is is on fire right now what what were we doing that we couldn't give him that equipment i know if i was the head of an organization like that i'd certainly be thinking that well it's part of the difference is that a two-car team as opposed to a four-car team you know with your research and development type stuff that you get to do Mm -hmm. because i mean look at the whole hendrix program right now you know the whole thing's just clicking yeah you know they're kind of like gibbs was a year or two ago you know everything was clicking everybody had multiple wins and you know, it's just kind of kind of the cycle of racing, you know, next year, you know, everybody will be in the new cars. So it'll be interesting to see what happens then and right. who's got the upper hand. Uh, moving on to our next story. NASCAR has become the first sports league partner with better view and better not as in B-E-T-T-E-R. It's B-E-T-T-O-R. Apparently it's a betting technology platform. Uh, they're partnering with NASCAR to be able to offer NASCAR betting on a larger scale and NASCAR is very excited about this. I think this is a smart move for NASCAR because one great way to get your, your sport recognized by non-traditional fans is through betting and through fantasy. And I think NASCAR is doing a pretty good job with both of them trying to get on the cutting edge of them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know locally, I mean, uh, you can go to any of the three casinos, you know, on the other side of the river and, uh, bet NASCAR. Yeah. Um, but they do it, like I said, the, the William Hill that came in and is running the sports book at the Caesars, so Horseshoe and Harris, normally all they have up is, is head-to-head stuff. And, uh, you know, they'll say uh, Chase Elliott's a small favorite over Martin Truex, you know, mm-hmm. or vice versa. Like right now, Kyle Larson's a favorite over who everybody he lines up with. It doesn't make any difference. <laughs> right. And some of them, you look at it like it's such a, a, a gimme. But just remember, it's gambling, and they're, they know what they're doing. Right. They set those odds. Yeah. It's, uh, I, you nailed it right there. They know what they're doing. When, when an odd is, when a, a bet, when, when the odds are, are, are odd, it's for a reason. When they don't look yeah. right to you, they know something. You know, and it's, it's, it's a small enough pool that they're playing the odds on. It's not like a Saturday of college football where there's, you know, 80 games out there. In 80 games, they're going to make two or three mistakes. Mm-hmm. but in a nascar race if they're pairing them up like this they're they're only going to put up like 15 pairings yeah they might make one mistake in there so you know uh i bet the racing but it is tough to win you know yeah. very, very simply nascar and iRacing announced the new official partnership earlier this week uh the two entities announced their partnership agreement that will grant the massachusetts-based developer of pc-based racing simulators the title of official simulator partner of NASCAR. So big things happening for those guys. Uh, didn't they announce iRacing? Didn't they announce that they've made Dale Earnhardt Jr. A, a board member of theirs? Yeah, I think I read that. 
and he's this wasn't this wasn't one of those like they needed an honorary somebody that can help them get into the sport dale's been helping iRacing for i want to say like 15 or 18 years oh yeah and get get involved and, and spread the word about what they're doing yeah he was very big into it you know he was one of the first guys and then kind of hamlin kind of came in there with him and uh you know now you've got any driver under the age of 25 you know, mm-hmm. your Tyler Reddicks and, and all these kind of kids are, you know, Custer and uh, Timmy Hill and uh, Alex oh. Bowman was Bowman was a big eye racer. Yeah. Oh, so, you know, it's just the technology's kind of come along through that. All right. Uh, moving on. Todd Gordon announced that he's going to be retiring from Team Penske at the end of the season. Uh, Todd Gordon, current crew chief for Ryan Blaney, announced that he is set to retire at the end of the 2021 race season. Uh, big name there for Team Penske that's going to be stepping away. Yeah, but I'm sure there's a half a dozen other guys, you know, that have been with the organization a while that somebody will slide into the spot. Mm-hmm. Let's see. There was all that conversation earlier in the week that Larson could, uh, what was it, tie history with four wins in a row? Well, there was a bunch of guys that had won four races. Uh, I want to say, who holds the record? Was it Daryl Wall? Daryl Daryl Waltrip or Kyle or Richard Petty. Kyle Petty doesn't hold any records. Excuse me. Um, I wasn't sure. I know there was several people that had three. I know Harry Gant was in that bunch, but I didn't know anybody had four. So if four was the record, then uh, I'm sure Richard Petty was in there just because, you know, he was racing back in the day when yeah. they were running 70 races, you know, yeah, when I'm sure he's, there wouldn't be that big a deal. Yeah. I, I think he's, he holds the record at like, I want to say seven or eight but I can't remember the exact number. Uh, so anyways, yeah, Kyle Larson uh, felt just short of that. Uh, let's see. Continuing to update the Brad Kozlowski to Roush Fenway deal with ownership opportunity role. Roush Fenway Racing informed its partners that it has, it has a done deal with Brad Kozlowski to become a driver and co-owner starting in 2022. According to sources, signaling the forthcoming end to his time at Team Penske, Roush Fenway Racing, a two-car NASCAR Cup Series team operation, has yet to announce the major moon move out of respect to Team Penske, which sources says is working to figure out a replacement. The size of Keselowski's equity in the team is unclear, but it is expected to be a minority stake. Uh, do you just think it, just kind of spitballing, do you think uh, RFR becomes a three-car operation again, or do they let go one of their drivers and they stick with being a two-car operation? That'll all just depend on sponsorship. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, somebody decides to leave Penske to stay with Brad. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if any of the like discount tires has been a big supporter of Brad Kislowski. Uh If boy, if Brad is able to get Miller to go with him, that would be a huge coup. Yeah. And either one of those two, or if they both go, if both of them would go, I'd say there's a third car at Roush. Yeah. You know, I'd say for sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, I think Miller Light or uh, Miller's been with Penske long enough. I don't see them leaving. And uh, I mean, this everything Brad's had with Discount Tire has also been through Penske. Yeah. But you know, he they were the primary on Brad's car when he uh, won one of the uh, Xfinity Series, or I think back then it was Nationwide Series titles. So they might be moving. Um, but I don't think they're like a half a season. I think they're only doing like eight, eight or 10 races, I think. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that would, might not be enough to, to pop a third car on the, on the 
roster over at Roush. That would be a big step for them if they were to, to bring all of a sudden start spending enough money to make it feasible to run a second or a third operation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, and they're set up because they, they've still got shop space from when they originally had the five cars. They were one of the outfits that had to drop down and drop a car out to meet NASCAR's new 14 limit. So according to Jayski, Discount Tires is sponsoring the two car for Brad Kozlowski for 15 races. Auto oh. Trader, Keystone Light, Worth, Money Lion, uh, Pertech, Dent Wizards, Verizon 5G, Fireliner, Thomas Built Buses, and Detroit Engines are all sponsoring the two car this year. You see, Verizon's not going anywhere because they're tied up with Penske and Andy cars. Right. Um, yeah, I didn't think Discount Tire was, was going to be on that many. I thought they were going to be on 8 or 10, 15, yeah. If discount tire would go, I think 15 races locked up would, would put a third car on it, Roush. That's really a very do. good, that's a really good start if you're able to, to to bring up some other sponsorships. Maybe he brings Auto Trader with him. Who knows? Yeah, you know, yeah, the, you know. the the shocking thing to me, and, and this is something I probably should have paid attention to, uh, Miller is not listed at all as a sponsor on these as as a the two car. It's definitely been on the car. So yeah, uh Keystone Light is sponsored. I wonder if that Keystone is a branch of Miller. More than likely. But I don't think they've been on the car this year, but maybe I'm maybe I just missed it. Huh. Anyways, there we go. Uh let's see. Sad news coming out of the NASCAR world. One of the legends, Jack Ingram, passed away earlier this week, winner of five NASCAR championships and more than 300 races during his career. The Avery Creek, North Carolina native and 2014 NASCAR Hall of Fame inductee was 84 when he passed away. Yeah, he's been uh battling all kinds of health issues for the last five or six years. So um, it might be a blessing in disguise for him personally, to be yep. honest with you. Mm -hmm. And maybe even some of his family members, you know, that have uh, sat with him and, you know, watched him suffer for several years. Yeah. But uh, uh, along those same lines, um, somebody that wasn't a driver, but the guy that used to be um, the cook at about half our races when I worked the truck series, a guy by the name of uh, Jerry Rudisill, who went by Snoop, and I mean everybody in the garage knew him. Mm. He passed away recently. Oh. So I tell uh, you, that it's the easiest way to make friends is to be a good cook. Uh, yeah, I mean when you know this guy was, <laughs> he was kind of like the class clown too. Oh yeah, yeah. He'd sit back, <laughs> he'd sit back there in the trailer all day long, sipping moonshine. You come time to cook food. There's sometimes he couldn't even find the grill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what that's like. <laughs> been there <laughs> but i mean super great guy i mean this was a dude that spent time in vietnam you know um mm -hmm. had come up uh uh did stuff at the local track there in hickory and uh i think he came on in about 2003 and uh but still great guy uh he was a diabetic because i remember he missed a few races because he had to have a toe cut off and some stuff like that but still was a great guy you know would do anything for you and uh mm -hmm. i actually got a couple stickers in the mail um some of the other NASCAR people that I know back there did, you know, the memorial sticker things. Right. So I'm going to take uh, the two stickers I've got when we go down to Kansas City. I'm going to get David Starr to put one on his car, and I'm going to get Brad to put one on his car. Cool. So. All right. Uh, so sad news. Uh, a couple of people in the in the industry passing away. Um, but uh, 84 is a good life, and definitely one of the more talented drivers that have come through the NASCAR circuit is uh, Jack Ingram, known as the Iron Man. Yeah, but he was he wasn't up in the Cup Series. He was a oh, a I thought it said I thought it said five NASCAR Cup Series championships. 
uh, not cup series, said five NASCAR championships. They shouldn't Got have it. said cup series. It probably didn't. You know me and my reading. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was, you know, he was a rock in the Grand National Division. Mm-hmm. So uh, NASCAR has won Sports Business Journal's Sports League of the Year. NASCAR was named Sports League of the Year during the 2021 Sports Business Awards. It was a virtual meeting hosted by Sports Business Journal to celebrate the best in the sports business over the past year. The award, one of the most prestigious in the sports industry, recognized NASCAR's many successes and efforts during a historic and challenging 2020 season. Following the pandemic pause, NASCAR was the first major U.S. sport to return to competition, uh, the first to safely welcome back fans, and the first to compete a full season's schedule. So uh, cool news there. And, I, you know, James... Roland and I, who who do the uh, does the Roland Race News, another racing podcast you should definitely check out. Um, they do. Him and I have been talking a lot, and and he's been kind of sending me these articles with NASCAR. That there seems to be a lot of positive momentum in the sport. You know, it, it wasn't too long ago you and I were talking about teams closing, and we were getting it was getting more and more likely we we're going to start seeing thirty five and thirty four and thirty three teams showing up consistently to the racetrack. And I think that's begun to swing in the other direction all of a sudden with some of the innovations NASCAR has done, some of the rule changes, some of the, the economics returning back to the sport that now all of a sudden we're starting to get people investing in the sport and coming into the sport. And, and now the sport is winning sports league of the year from the sports business journal. They're seeing TV ratings that are up a tick. It's, it's a tick, but it's up. It's something to definitely hang your hat on. So I, I think there's a lot of positive things that are starting to happen for NASCAR. Well, I think I think the bottoms finally passed, you know, I think the coming back from COVID and stuff got, got NASCAR back on the, on the uphill climb again. And uh, I don't know what the new car is going to do it. You know, it just, it's kind of the timing of the whole situation, man. It might be a big boost. You you know, I don't know, but uh, just the timing of it, um, you know, either be a big help or maybe a hindrance. I don't know. I think that the biggest thing that NASCAR could do to help with ratings and butts and seats is a massive overhaul of the cup series schedule and in subsequent, the, the, the Xfinity series and the truck series schedules too. Uh, How many times have we gone to Phoenix or Bristol or Martinsville or Darlington? And it was a great race. And there was conversation about how great the racing was. And then we went to Texas and it was strung out and one uh single lane racing there was you know it, it, it just turned out to be a bad race but a roundabout way i'm saying is get rid of the mile and a half in the two mile tracks that get away from being an aerodependent sport and get back to being a horsepower sport and and let your drivers sit back behind the wheel and do the driving rather than just cruising well there's only one two mile track so i don't know if you're going to get rid of all of them or not but there's only one they're That's all on the chopping block that's Michigan. There's only one. Oh, well, in that case, yes, I'm fine with getting rid of Michigan. Yeah. See, and, and you know, I, I like Michigan as a racetrack. Some of the races there really suck, but I like the fact that they've got a track in that location up north like that. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. There's way too many mile and a half. So that's what made Nashville a little interesting. I think it's one and a third miles. But they overhauled the schedule pretty damn good this year. It's different, but unfortunately, it still contains the majority of the tracks that the racing's just not great. And I, I think I've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I'm fine with leaving the schedule the way it is for, see, 2022 is the new car, maybe through the 2023 season. 
But after that season, if we're continuing to see racetracks that are strung out three and a half second, five second, eight second victory margin between first and second, the tracks need to just go. It, it, and, I, and I understand NASCAR is looking at a bigger picture, but at some point in time, you got to look at it and say, our, our league is, is suffering. We got to get rid of these, these tracks that no matter what we've done, we've thrown different aero packages at them. We've thrown this chemical that we're going to lie down on the bottom groove of the top groove, the PJ one. We've, we've tried new tires. We've tried new aero packages. We've tried new cars. We've tried this and it just doesn't work. It's time to, to, to get rid of the track. I, I hope well, that they look at it that way. The key, one of the keys you said was these aero packages. They need to take the damn aero package off the car altogether. Yeah, get rid of the aero dependency on these cars. Get rid of that darn splitter. Oh, God. Wasn't there talk? Didn't somebody, I remember quoting, I think it was Steve McDonald, that somebody asked in the next-gen car, which was supposed to be out this year, but obviously got delayed. They said, is there going to be a splitter? And I thought he said, drivers don't like it. Fans don't like it. Why would we bring it back? And as as far as as I can tell. Go ahead. Steve O'Donnell, not Steve, Steve O'Donnell. Well, you can tell I'm getting hungry. <laughs> yeah, I figured you were eating some fries or something. But I mean, do you get my point though? I mean, it's it's oh, yeah. it I I thought we were in the in the we were headed in the direction that we're gonna get rid of this splitter, and then all of a sudden I'm we're, it kind of seems like the, the next gen car is is pretty close to finalized and it's on there. So I don't know. Yeah, but anyways, um, I think yeah, that, that does it for NASCAR news. Uh, we just need to preview Sunday's race, uh, and then we'll get all set. So we've got Sunday's race at road America. Uh, let's see. It is, oh, they're going to practice at this race too. Yeah, one o'clock another, practice another on track. Sunday, uh, one another o'clock practice on Saturday. To. Sorry, go ahead. Another track they haven't been to. Yep. So they're going to practice at noon central time on Sunday, 50 minute practice. Then they're going to qualify. Wait, did I say Sunday or Saturday? You said Sunday, but I think okay. you meant Saturday. See, now you've been doing this long enough. You wonder meant what I stood. Yep. Noon is they're going to practice Saturday at noon for 50 minutes, and then they're going to qualify Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on the uh, the 4th of July. So that's uh, and then that race is going to be Sunday afternoon at 1.30. So picks, when you go in to put your picks in, if you do it before – Oh, what do you think? Qualifying is going to take an hour? Yeah, on a road course, yeah. So anything before noon, it's going to be that every driver who is registered for Cup Series points and they've got the X next to their name. And then once the qualifying gets finished and they're able to get an upload to the website, then you'll be able to, you'll see it according to the uh, qualifying results, how they uh, they rank in. So if you got any questions, any problems, any concerns, make sure you just send me an email, frontstretchradio at gmail.com. And a big thanks again to Rick Havenridge of Wolf Partners for bringing us our race. And of course, if you don't have TV, you're like me that, that's gotten rid of it, then uh, just head over to Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs. Enjoy that delicious pizza that I have been talking so much about. And I'll tell you this, uh, the beer I cracked earlier with, uh, with Stu Snyder was full-fledged, which is a brewery in Council Bluffs, just uh, just down the road from Quaker Steak and Lube. Delicious beers. I highly suggest you try out some of their beers. They have a hazy, hazy IPA that's called Dank Heavens. Try that out. And then Floyd the Barbarian's the other one I think they got on tap. But get yourself a pizza. Get yourself a nice Council Bluffs craft beer and uh, enjoy some racing. Once again, the Jockey Made in America 250 at Road America Sunday at 1.30. 
once again, practice is at noon on Saturday and qualifying is at 10 a.m. on Sunday morning. So, so you're right. not going to uh, be making pancakes again this week. I missed out. I got over there last week, but you were what already time? gone. What time did you get there? I don't know. I was thinking it was a little after 11, maybe. Mm. Yeah, we. I, I try to be done with the pancakes by 10 because I think that gives anybody that had pancakes at like 945 or 10 o'clock, then they'll probably be hungry right around lunchtime. So I'm, I'm trying to just not interfere with, with the lunch at, at Quaker Steak and Lou by, by making pancakes till, till like 11 or 1130. But uh, yeah, good time. I, that was a lot of fun with Sarah and I. If you had me on Snapchat, you definitely got blown up because I was having way too much fun singing and dancing as I was making pancakes. I had uh, I had a nice talk with Chris. I hadn't seen Chris in a while. So, oh, good. Uh, we had a nice chat and saw a few car people I knew and wandered around the lot. The place was full. Yeah. A lot of cars. A lot of cars. Yeah, that we wanted something. to hang around, but I, we were both exhausted after uh, Friday night. We went down to the College World Series, and uh, we stayed out just a little bit too late, so we were pretty beat. Plus, I needed to be at Eagle that afternoon, so I was trying to get a nap in. But, anywho, uh, the wheels of Courage Car Show annual event right around the last week of June. Mark your calendars, June 22nd. I will be making pancakes again, barring any unforeseen circumstances. So, uh Come down and get some pancakes. Everybody said they absolutely loved them. I only went through half a, I made over 90 pancakes, probably around somewhere around 100 pancakes, and I only went through half a thing of uh, syrup. So these oh. these pancakes do not need syrup. So you're talking June 22nd of 2022? Yep. That probably, that okay. sounds about right. Well, I mean, you're putting it out there a whole year in advance. So I didn't know if you were advertising last week's event or next year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Well, June 22nd will be a Wednesday of 2022. So it's going to be June 25th or June 19th. Um, or 18th. That's probably father's day weekend. So they wouldn't do it then. Yeah. So. It's the weekend after father's day. So I, I say it's going to be the, uh, the 25th it's, it's always yeah. on a Saturday. Well, I guess I shouldn't yeah. say always it's been on a Sunday before, but it's a great event. Brad Purdue, uh, had his late model down there. Yeah, Wait, I Brad or Brad. Brian, those two mixed up. Cause I never see him. I just, see their cars and so i don't know which one's which but yeah i talked to him for a minute when i was out there the other him and kim elder and a few others so yeah good time down there i appreciate everybody that came down and got a pancake and supported we were able to donate uh 75 to the uh wheels of courage car show and that's a great operation that sarah and i love helping out with uh and by the way you can see carol and everybody down at, at quaker steak and lube every thursday night the uh the classic car cruising guys that uh, they go down there and pack that parking lot. I would imagine with the forecast for Thursday, it's going to be absolutely packed and a perfect night to get down to Quaker Steak and Lube, which we got to get together so I can get you, we can get those um, credential requests signed for the uh, Camp and Roll Truck Series in Knoxville in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we better get that done. Maybe we get together tomorrow night down at Quaker Steak. Yeah, that's definitely a possibility. Why don't you holler at me tomorrow afternoon? Just shoot me a text if you're if you're up for going down and, and we'll get together, get some dinner down there. Yeah, sounds like a plan. All right, let's wrap up the show and we'll call it a day. Well, I think that's going to do it for Dirk and I and this week's edition of the Fred Stretch. As always, we do appreciate everybody listening. Please like the Fred Stretch Facebook page. If you haven't already and you're listening to this podcast, you, oh my God, you know what, Dirk? I missed out on one huge piece of news. I was clicking away from tabs. Uh, Junction Motor Speedway got put up for sale this week. Mm-hmm. It's probably been up for sale for the last 10 years, but that's beside the point. Well, that's true. Uh, $2 million is what they're looking for. And the property highlights state it is a turnkey, fantastic dirt track facility. 
one of the nicest tracks around. Yes, it's all here. Track, seats for 4,000, <laughs> concessions, announcer's booth, and four private suites, fully fenced, best lighting available, machine shed for track equipment, lots of parking, irrigation as well for the to water the track, farmland, and more. Just two million bucks you can have uh, Junction Motor Speedway. Damn, I might have to go clean out my pockets and see if I can get that bought. Right. Uh, Chris uh, Chris Brown Motorsports posted, uh, anybody want to go in on me with this? <laughs> uh, so anyways, uh, yeah, sorry, I, I missed that piece of news. Almost went by it. Um, I, man, I tell you, it. there's uh, quite a few dirt tracks in the area that are really suffering right now. I don't know what it is, but, but uh, car counts have been abnormally low. Drivers had not been as com committed to weekly racing and they're really not committed to, you know, I, I don't have a problem with like Stu because he goes and races two, three times a week. He is supporting tracks as much as he can. Now oh, yeah. there's quite a few guys that, that I'm not going to be a jerk and, and go and name them off, but they're not out doing any racing and they have big time operations. It's really perplexing to know what it, to try to figure out what's going on right now. Yeah. I, um, as Stu uh, mentioned, you know, diesel fuel, the cost right now is, is you know, up there a little bit. Um, and for everybody else, it's just towing with a pickup. You know, it's 60, 70 cents higher than it was last year. So, I mean, that makes a dent. Um, they're having trouble getting tires, you know. Um, they're having trouble getting engines. They're having I mean, trouble getting, yeah. Well, getting engines is, you know, that's always trouble because they're damn, so damn expensive. But getting something as simple as tires when they're normally, you know, a warehouse full somewhere down here but there's not right now you yeah. know that's why uh imca uh was it last week or the week before allowed the guys to start siping the tires and everything yeah. so they're trying to get longer life out of their rubber last year yeah or last week it was last week yeah yeah so, and i don't i don't buy the fuel thing the fuel's always been an issue but i i saw a uh, article from the omaha world herald over memorial day weekend that Fuel prices right now are exactly where they are this time of year for the last four years, Bar I mean, excluding 2020, where there was 60% less traffic on the Omaha roads. And by the way, this was a study done by the Omaha World Herald. So it was Omaha prices, not a national study. But um, the, the, the fuel prices right now are right where they were at 2019, 2018, 2017. They always peak around Memorial Day. They stay high during the summer times because majority of the world is, or the United, majority of the United States is traveling for vacations and, and sporting events and such. And then they start to taper back off around September and October and November when winter hits and, and traffic dips down again. But that doesn't make it any better. I mean, when you're, I, I maybe it is the tire deal. Maybe guys are sitting at home going, well, it's, I, I just, the, the tires are more expensive this year and they're harder to find. I'm just going to jump, I'm, I'm going to bump down to one night of racing a week. Yeah, you know, it could very well be. Um, uh, and another thing is literally inflation right now, you know, has been kind of high. I mean, I know my grocery bills up and mm -hmm. all that adds together, especially if you're feeding a family of five or six people, you know, you're spending an extra hundred bucks at the grocery store every month. And it's just part of life right now, yeah. you know, yep. Uh, it all it all mixes in. It's been an expensive habit for a long, long, long time. Who knows? But anyways, hopefully somebody will buy Junction Motor Speedway. Uh, I got a quote from a, 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 a friend of mine that said, whenever a track closes, their cars don't all go to another racetrack. There's going to be a small percentage of drivers that are going to say, you know what? I'm done. And then the racing community shrinks just a little bit more. So 
hope that a track doesn't close. Hope Junction's able to keep running. Hope somebody's able to buy it and, and keep it going and, and find ways to, to bring in new drivers and new cars and new fans and all this stuff. And we can keep the sport going. But it's been a tough year for a lot of lot of racetracks. Yeah. And uh, uh, a lot of the stuff I've been reading, it might stay like this for another year before things start to turn around. So that's going to do it for us today. I think we got all the news, but we probably missed some stuff. Make sure to follow the front stretch Facebook page for the latest news. And as always the interviews that uh, we do every Friday and Saturday night. And by the way, if you work at a racetrack or you go to a weekly racetrack and you want to do those interviews, all you got to do is mail them to me, message them over to me on Facebook messenger. You can email them to me. You can get it to me however you want to. I'll, edit them up i'll post them and then your track your drivers can get some 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 publicity and that's what it's all about it's not about making money we don't make any money off those videos we're just trying to get those drivers uh like Cade richards like ryan jenkins like jacob hobscheid like uh nate weiler we're just trying to get them some publicity when they get some big wins in their careers so if you want to uh, participate in those i you're more than welcome to record a quick video and uh and send it over to me i'll be more than happy to post it on the page uh once again for uh big thanks to joe's carding for bringing us the races for taylor's taylor computers and repair for all the support for quaker steak and lube for their continued support of the front stretch and rick haven ridge of wealth partners find out what rick can do for you today at rickhavenridgeadvice.com for dirk houston i'm dan taylor that's going to do it for us today we'll be back next week for another edition of the front stretch have a great week everybody Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids night. Tuesdays are all you can eat wings for $12.95. And the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs.